1: This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude.
0: This is Nick, aka Message Jesse, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Also, can you, I, I am in a, I mean, California homes are like open spaces, so it feels very echoey to me. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we, I can hear you just fine. Uh, okay, cool. There, there, my, there might be a couple times where something might get a little garbled, but I can try to fix that as best as I can when I edit the show okay. and stuff like that. But, you, you know, just otherwise, just sit back, relax, we're, you know, this is just going to be a casual conversation. Totally,
0: let's do it.
1: So anyway, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, Why don't uh, everybody knows me as Anthony, or uh, my nickname is always The Dude. I don't know how that started, like, started back in high school. But why don't you introduce yourself to everybody?
0: Uh, My name is Nick. Uh, If you are my fellow bartenders, it's Messy Jesse, because these poor guys will make simple syrup every day, and I will wear half of it out the door, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 27. I'm 27. Um, I'm not good at talking about myself. Um, My favorite snack is hot Cheetos, and uh, my pronouns are she, he, and they, and that's about it. (laughs) Uh,
1: So where are you from?
0: Um, I am originally from Monterey, California, and I live in Sonoma County and work in Napa. Oh,
1: wow. Wine country. Cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... um, Like uh, with everybody, with every podcast that I've ever done, I mean, we're just going to have a a casual conversation, swap stories, talk about your career. Um, So usually I like to start at the beginning of your career uh, working in the service industry. How long have you been working in the service industry?
0: Um, I believe I was 21. I switched from being a personal trainer to being a hostess, which is kind of crazy because being a personal trainer made less money than me being a five percent tipped out hosting
1: <laughs> yeah that's actually a big job leap uh now uh was this uh at a, a local gym or change uh gym that you were being a personal cha- uh, trainer
0: it was i guess family owned or like individually private owned it was really fun so on one side which I actually competed in I was an Olympic weightlifter but because Olympic weightlifting makes no money I was a trainer on the other side so I actually cleaned the gym on Sundays but then I trained I got my personal training certification and uh, trained people on I guess Monday through Friday. Uh,
1: Okay Uh, you're a potential Olympiad weightlifter that's incredibly impressive but uh so how did you all of a sudden end up going into being a hostess at a restaurant
0: so one of my friends who I kind of rallied into being a Olympic weightlifter she was moving to Oregon she was going to be a sports writer and she said you know one of my uh, colleagues asked for someone to take my place and I thought you'd be a, a great candidate for it and so I went in and interviewed and I'm super awkward as a person. You'll, I'm going to say, uh, and like a bajillion times. So if this conversation is terrible, we're going to chalk it up to an L and we're going to just throw it away and pretend it never happened.
1: Well, you um, should listen to, you should listen to me <laughs> editing this cause I say, and, um, a lot in what people hear on the podcast is actually about 60, 70% less than what I actually said I, I've gotten to the point where I can actually recognize the waveform of my own voice saying um so <laughs> uh,
0: I will send you so many snacks for my work for all the hard work you're gonna have to do for this. <laughs> but yeah, I ended up landing the job. I think I'm extremely eccentric um outside of I guess when I feel like I'm just being a homebody and it was so fun for me. I was very fortunate to start in an industry that was not formal, but a little farm-to-table, California rustic, and you know, we wore these really weird denim outfits, and it was like not form-fitting. But you know, we we talked about culture, and uh, we have romanesco rather than cauliflower, and. I didn't fit in at all. Like, I still don't really feel like I fit in (laughs) any of my jobs, but it was really fun for me. And it was a huge challenge. I get bored very easily. So this was something that I was so into the second that I was like, oh man, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't want to sell food. I know how to be an athlete, but I can be an athlete and still do all of these things on the side. Sure. And so I, I chose to do that.
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh, I had kind of the same problem because when I, before I be, uh, started in the service industry, I worked in retail and that was oh, hell for me. I hated talking to people, I hated dealing with customers and, you know, go, go home frustrated all the time. But I uh, decided to go to, uh, to learn how to be a bartender. I actually went to a bartending school and I learned how to be a bartender in hopes that me being as introverted as I am uh, that bartending would help me open up to people, talk to people kind of the same, same way or the reason why I started the podcast uh, is to be able to talk to people. So uh, Mm -hmm. this is, it's like an exercise in being more or less introverted. So I, I totally get where you're coming from.
0: Oh, definitely. I will stand in front of our staff mirror and I'll do that whole access thing where I'm like red leather, yellow leather, like, focus Nick you can do this like and I'll like jump out into the bar and I'll like do all these circus tricks and then by the end of my shift I'm like oh my god I'm so exhausted I just need my bed (laughs) and at one point you tell yourself like that's not me this is all an act but at the same time you realize you're just one person and you're like no this whole crazy like Very fun, sexy inside of you. That is you. And I think it is so much fun to be able to say, I do this for a living and I can be crazy and cool and put on this whole act and still go home and just want to put sweatpants on on a Monday, Tuesday and just sleep all day.
1: Mm. So you started out as a hostess and that's usually a pretty good spot uh, to start because I'll pretty much you greet the customers, give them the menus, set uh, set them at a table. Uh, mm-hmm. did you ever have any real issues with any of the customers? Uh, because you're the first person they see you're, uh, mm-hmm. they, you're the one that greets them, but you're also the last person they see on their way out. And I've asked this of another hostess before. Uh, did you ever have any problems with, uh, customers not so hot with the service or customers that were really good with the service and were, you know, uh, just attitude, different attitudes as they're leaving? or or just people that are definitely people are that are just sitting uh, i've been waiting for 10 minutes i'm waiting for my table and and, or stuff like that
0: dude you're gonna laugh at this okay so our restaurant i really don't know why we just served fresh veggies on like this these really beautiful ceramic plates it was nothing crazy you could make this stuff at home and people would come in and be like oh we like specifically traveled here for this restaurant what's the quote time and i'd be like it's about 3 hours and they'd be like yeah put us on the list i'm so excited for this uh, crudite plate and i'd be like wait what okay okay and I would put them in and they still had this really great time and i was confused because at that point i had like the palate of a little child that eats like an orange and an egg a day. And I was like, why would you wait so long for fresh, beautiful veggies? Um, so that was very positive. I didn't I haven't had that experience since I stopped working at that restaurant. But a lot of the negative experiences I got was working in Sonoma and Napa County. You definitely get the why am I paying twenty dollars for a glass of wine? Mm. Why am I paying, you know, like oh, you're making me sous vide eggs on toast. Why am I paying like $30 for that? And as a host, and I wasn't in the industry for very long, I didn't know how to answer that question. Yeah. So those were definitely the negative parts that I dealt with. And I very much have a fire energy about myself. So rather than being like, I definitely understand, I'd be like, I would come at them and I'd be like, Oh, what do you mean? This is like my job. These are my people. Don't come at my family. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned very quickly if I wanted to give my servers a tip, so they would tip me out. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Let me go get a manager. All will be well. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So those are my like super weird, positive and negative experiences.
1: Well, you didn't, uh, since you're, uh, they didn't know you're, uh, you were an Olympic contender for weightlifting. Uh, you didn't get all hunk. Uh, they they didn't know that you, there was a possibility you could get all Hulk strong and, you know, flip the table on them or anything like that, right? <laughs>
0: oh, definitely. No one saw these freaking guns that I have. I'm exaggerating everyone who's listening to <laughs> my two friends. <laughs> but we wore these, like, super denim, as I would say. They were dresses, but you couldn't – they were flat. They were so puffy. It was like I was wearing a denim garbage can. So, again, no one saw the muscles that I was working with for three hours a day. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, uh, when I saw you're a weightlifter, been, I was waiting to use that uh, that comment of being Hulk strong and then flipping a <laughs> the table. Uh, that was like number four on the agenda. But <laughs>
0: um, I definitely will always be like, do you want me to fight them to one of my <laughs> servers? And I'll be behind the bar and they'll be like, no, I was just telling you in confidence. I'm like... Let me know if you want me to fight that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason. I don't need to do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, uh, just that I, I'm sheer curiosity of uh, what, what did you lift? What was What, uh, what's your max or what? Are the, I, I'm not a weightlifter. I don't know what they do, but what did you?
0: Okay. In, I was just telling my partner that, I used to cut down from 120 pounds to 107 pounds to lift 170 pounds in the snatch and then like 205 pounds in the clean and jerk. And to be completely honest, if you look at the Olympic games that are going on right now, there was no reason I needed to do that. I was very subpar. 2016 in the trials, maybe that'd be good. But now everyone's in such a high caliber. It's just like, wow, why did I waste all that time instead of living life and eating all of this fun like duck liver pate and everything and like this beautiful margarita i was working in such a beautiful industry just completely missing out on everything i would look at my friends and be like no way i'll take a sparkling water with bitters that sounds so delicious right now wasted time dude so much wasted time but yeah, I think my biggest accolade is I prob I squatted 395 pounds once. That's it, just once. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm awesome. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, at the job that I have right now, every once in a while we get these uh, kids that come in and think that uh, as soon as they're uh, I work in the wind industry, I I climb the turbines and uh, work on those things, and. <sighs> Uh, but these kids come in, and they come in, and uh, you know, they, I got to be in shape for this job. And I said no, because if you uh, if you go to the gym at night, you're just going to be tired for the next morning. That's that's all mm-hmm. you're going to do. But you know, one guy was bragging me that he went to the gym and deadlifted uh, 300 pounds, and to me that means nothing because I'm not a weightlifter. I'm really not an athlete at all. I mean, I I do some things that are considered athletic to some. But, um, he was, he was like, oh, I deadlift 300, uh, 300 pounds yesterday. And, but the guys that I work with who did do weightlifting when they were in high school, uh, they sat back and said, he shouldn't really brag about that. That's not much. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think you very soon, hopefully soon you realize that it's all relative. It's not and this applies to life like you stop looking at other people and comparing yourself and saying i'm hitting this number because someone else is hitting this number or like i'm getting this far in life because this person is getting so far in their life and i try to tell my sisters that was just like you have to go in every day and say this is the best thing that i can do and oh it's so goofy i used to chase numbers mm. no one cared about those numbers except for me i wake people are like who gives a shit let's go eat some pizza after this workout
1: well, you got to yeah. have personal goals. I mean, yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong the with that.
0: Unattainable goals, though, were like a little insane. Where I'm like, yeah. I want to snatch 300 pounds for what? Yeah, who's gonna, like, no one cares. Yeah,
1: that was my whole uh, idea on it. So, what you can lift 300 pounds, how often does that come up? <laughs> right, <I> and mean, uh, <laughs> so, and, and besides at, my, at the job that I have right now, it's uh. We're not allowed to carry anything over fifty pounds without help to avoid mm. uh, back problems and or strained muscles or something like that. So I was just like, whatever, you know. <laughs> you were
0: so lucky. Sometimes I carry Topo Chicos, and I'm like, is anyone gonna help me? carry these upstairs, and I'm just like <laughs> such a baby. And they're like, "You like lift for a living," and I'm like, "No, it's so heavy. Like I'm just, it's, I'm so dainty." And they're like, "No, you're not. You're built like a freaking like running back, carrying them." <laughs> <sighs> I'm like, I regret telling everyone my Instagram. This is the worst.
1: <laughs> so, after being a hostess for a while, did you move up to server?
0: Okay, this is okay. It's kind of funny, but. I wanted to be a server so bad. And so what I started doing was as a host, we would, our restaurant was small. We had like 20 tables and we'd still do like 300 in the morning and then 200 at night. And I really didn't understand that turn time. But I just just start busing tables and acting as a busser And then I learned how to run cards on the system. So I started running cards for servers and then they would get new tables and they'd be like, how did I turn that table so fast? Like mm. just so oblivious. Like, wow. Like, I service, they'd be like, well, I'm so fast. And I'm like, no, you're not. I did that for you.
1: <laughs> you're an awesome <laughs> hostess then. Cause uh, <laughs> most of the time hostess yeah, don't have I, time to do that.
0: No. And I would just like run back and forth and eventually I would just take tables and like from the host, uh, stand in like maybe the first couple tables and no one, no one questioned it. No one really cared. And then I would go and do a checkout at the end of the day. And then I would get tipped out and they were like, who'd you train with? And I would just make it up. Like my best friend works with me and I'd be like, Oh, I, you know, I trained with Max." It just lie through. And they'd be like, that's great. So I start getting on the schedule as the server, which I was like, that never happened. I slid through and I was so lucky. And that's how we became a server.
1: Oh, um, that we-
0: happened very fast. <laughs>
1: Uh, I I can imagine because usually when hostesses or even dishwashers are really on the ball and which when I was a dishwasher, I was not on the ball. People had to remind me, can you come up and get my bus tub, please? And uh, I was really bad about that. But uh, when you're really on the ball, they they tend to want to push you up to get you on uh, get you on the floor or, or, you know, uh, do things like that. So you were, you know, like aces. They dream about hostesses like you in restaurants. So um, before yeah. we get too far into this, I told you that uh, you're uh, you're a bartender. Now, I usually encourage people that come on my show to give a drink special. Now, mm-hmm. whether it's something that you enjoy pouring or something that you invented by yourself, I would love to hear it. it uh, please tell me the name of the drink and how you make it.
0: Okay, I'm so excited about this question. My very first cocktail finally went on a menu for my new job, which I don't understand how I got this job. I'm so underqualified for it, and it is such an amazing place to work at. It is my own tiki drink, so it's a uh, one and a fourth quarter of dark rum, and then three quarters of london dry gin you can use botanical i guess it doesn't really matter uh half an ounce of spicy honey it's literally just honey and whatever peppers that you have quarter of canton just for like a little bit of ginger dash of orgeat, a dash of spicy bitters which is again is just like a pepper and orange bitters um and what else is in this cocktail I really don't think there's anything else to it. You shake it and throw it in a Nick and Nora or honestly like a single rocks glass. It is so delicious. And I don't drink cocktails. I am like a purist and will drink tequila and Budweiser all day. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) And it made me so happy. I, if I was on the menu, I'd call it baby's first cocktail, uh, but they call it uh, rum guava. Oh my gosh, I forgot those two ingredients. It's an ounce guava and an ounce uh, lime yeah just makes it a little tart and
1: fun yeah i uh the picture uh that i ran across on instagram uh, i think uh, uh yeah i saved it um I'm, that's that's what made me want to contact you because somehow i was uh you did you uh tag me in that post or something or
0: i did i was just so hyped up. And my bar manager, when he had me make the cocktail, he looked at me while we were doing nothing. And he was like, Nick, make a cocktail. And I was just like, like for fun or what's going on. And he was like, yeah, for fun. And I played with it like three or four times one day. And then like a few other times one day. And he was like, okay, make it Napa, like make it very important, like very niche to our restaurant. So I try to find ingredients that we could pick from my farm and i was just like this is so cool like this is very much what like do talk about on like just keeping it real and keeping it like so true to you and i was very excited about it so i did tag you
1: yeah uh th- i'm i'm happy you uh you tagged me on it because gave me a chance to you know contact you uh, find you and then uh bring you on the show uh i was just like well that's awesome somebody's personal drink gets put onto a uh, the restaurant menu as a specialty so yeah mm-hmm. that's that's totally cool that your your bar manager or your restaurant owner was just like make us something be creative what do you got and
0: yeah it was very rewarding because I'm definitely the youngest by I don't know like 10 15 years on these other bartenders that have owned and ran restaurants and they were kind of very much like, Nick, we've already done this, like, you need to work on figuring out how to do this on your own. And I'm like, very, I feel very shy, even though I feel outspoken at the same time, but I didn't think that I could do it. And so for everyone else to rally up and say, you can do this, it was such a boost of confidence for me to look at the menu and go, holy shit, this is this is on the menu and people order it. This is so cool. <laughs> it was odd. like really just confirmed that maybe I am meant to be here. And I, I felt very good.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm s- thrilled that you uh, tagged me in that post. Uh, Cause uh, I love it uh, when people contact me, that's uh, that's one of the coolest things about doing this podcast. Uh, and I'm, which, Led, uh, were you expecting me to say, hey, you want to come on the show and talk about it for a bit? Were you expecting that to happen? No,
0: not at all. I was just <laughs> expecting, like, it wasn't even rewarding. I was just like, hey, I did this. Like, one time at my old job, I spilled hot pimple syrup all over me it was like my last five minutes when I shift. I was like I got you bartender don't even worry I'll make it and it was a huge camera like the biggest one you can have and I opened the door like a dum-dum and spilled all over and I had long hair back then just all over me and I was like I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay and I like tagged some sort of like server problem Instagram and they were like this is hilarious I'm just gonna repost it and then I got a bunch of like yeah, me too. This totally happened. And I just like wanted to feel like I wasn't alone. <laughs> so yeah. It was more so like, I was trying to like, be like, Hey, if, if anyone's ever felt like, you know, you're not enough. Like, I just wanted to show you that you can be, you are like totally enough and you're not alone.
1: Yeah. Uh, spilling things. That's basically part of the restaurant industry. I mean, you have to expect that from time to time. I <laughs> I mean, there, uh, my, uh, my biggest spill was, uh, I was pouring, uh, like a Hefeweizen for a customer, but the bottom of the glass of, of the pint glass just decided to break right off. And it was <laughs> almost full and just broke right off and then psh, Hefeweizen everywhere. And the funny thing about it was, is I just stared at it like, well, great, you know, begin uh, like I'm two hours into the shift. I'm going to smell like in the rest of the, the day. I turned to the actual bartender because I was a server that day. I turned to the bartender, and she immediately turned around because she wanted to bust out laughing as hard as she could, but she didn't want to be rude to me. And uh, I've seen other uh, other servers do that where they, like, they come over, bring a beer to a, uh, whoever I'm having dinner with, and all of a sudden the glass breaks right underneath it for no reason or, God forbid, drop the tray. You know, I've... I've seen all that sort of thing, but it, it's nice that everybody was supportive instead of the uh, typical where you know the customers hear a crash and everybody starts applauding or
0: <laughs> they say "opa," yeah. it's, it's the worst. They hate that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, shut up! Let's just let everyone have their very nice dinner. And be quiet. <laughs> I've it.
1: never, I've never had somebody do that before, but. I did. What? I, yeah, uh, but I did have a friend uh, that embarrassed me at a restaurant one night because somebody dropped a bunch of plates, and she decided to blurt out job opening. And I don't <laughs> do that.
0: Oh no! But yeah, nobody. I think
1: nobody ever yelled. wow. Well,
0: <laughs> it's so bad. I feel like it happens routinely, and it's just a way to be like lighthearted everyone move on but at the same time everyone's all eyes are on you but i so this july has just been i've been talking about it to everyone i'm like this is everything that could go wrong has gone wrong like very much murphy's law and i was like i made this very beautiful like cosmo and i'm gonna walk around this person this gorgeous nick and nora and i lean down and trip, like the goofy motherfucker that i am and just (sighs) fucking spilled all over the table, like all, like these splashes on this girl's beautiful pants. And thank God she's so sweet. She's like, Tony, me, sweetheart, this happened before." And I was like, "We, more than one bartender has spilled their drink all over you." And like, I'm freaking over here about to cry. And she's like, "Oh no, no, I've done it to people." And I was like, "Oh, people means more than once." Thank goodness. And I like run inside, and my bartender, or like my bar manager is like, "Why don't you run their drinks?" I'm like, "Oh." No, fuck no. If it's a martini or a Cosmo, you can't catch me running that. I don't want to spill it on anyone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're such a scaredy cat. And I was like, yeah, give me a year and then it will go away.
1: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I never learned the, the valuable skill of holding a uh, tray very properly. So I avoided that as much as possible. I bring out two, three drinks at a time uh, by hand because – my uh my coworker she was really good at holding it straight up like five shots five beers all on uh all on one tray but i
0: dude is this your way of holding it properly the
1: the way yeah. she the way she did it that's the way she used to do it yeah above her shoulder for the people listening at home
0: <laughs> yeah he's holding it he's holding his like hand flat up against the air like we we're in Vegas. I would never do that. No, no. I couldn't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was no I say four drinks minimum, you know, at my waist side teeny tiny super solid leather tray. Uh-huh. And then I hold it like this. I'm gonna just slowly walk it as slow as I can.
1: Oh, I, I held it with uh hands on each side of the <laughs> yeah, each side of the tray. That's how if I brought out more than three drinks. I felt like, okay, I need to bring it out on a tray, hands on either side of the tray and bring it out at waist level. (laughs) Oh my
0: God. The anxiety. It's fine. (laughs) I get that. I feel that on
1: your level. (laughs) But, um, uh, okay. So, uh, back to waitressing for a little bit now. Uh, how long were you a waitress? Uh,
0: okay. Sporadically. I was a waitress the entire time I worked at my very first restaurant job where I went from like hostessing to sneakily being a server, which was two years that I was being a server. And then I worked at a a three Michelin star restaurant that is not a flex whatsoever it was terrifying and i had to wear suit and i did not like it mm-hmm. i was a breakfast server we would be like here's your dinner breakfast we're we gonna give you thirty thousand plates that you're not gonna finish <laughs> did that for like on and off for two years and i <laughs> fucking hated it and then i did that at another restaurant job for maybe another two and a half years until i was like i'm gonna fucking quit i want to be a bartender i want to fucking learn this industry. I'm sorry, I'm cussing.
1: No, it's totally cool. uh Okay, cool.
0: I, I had a podcast. You need
1: whatever. I did a podcast a long time ago about all the swear words that you can use. And I, uh, I, you ever, you've heard of the comedian George Carlin, right?
0: With the seven, whatever, seven the dirty bad, words. all yeah. of that. Yeah, seven
1: <laughs> dirty words. Yeah, I'll shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, like motherfucker, and tits. I, I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, I
0: the fuck word, I promise.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's probably the most favorite, popular, uh, most popular swear word out there. So,
0: it is my favorite one. But I was like, to be completely honest, I'm gonna sound like a psycho. But I was in my early 20s. I was going from that three star restaurant for breakfast, and then was sprinting to that. A denim wearing restaurant for lunch, and then I would sprint to this Italian restaurant to dinner until midnight. And I was just doing this triangle like I didn't need sleep because obviously I'm in my early twenties yeah. where uh, nothing matters for so long until I burned out. Um, and then up until COVID, then I worked at this—I—I I, I don't know how to say it other than like I guess more high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. Where I was hired as a bartender, um, but until you learn this very beautiful, intricate menu, you have to be a server or a captain. And finally, I guess maybe eight weeks ago, I was finally able to be a bartender and feel like I was who I was again. Mm. And that felt very powerful to say, you know, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. Right. So. I think I was probably a captain in terms of years, longer than I was a bartender, but I don't think I ever felt like home in the industry until I was a bartender. So I guess maybe like 10 years compared to five years.
1: So um, you'll have to clarify for me. What's a captain? (sighs)
0: This is a freaking fancy way of saying server. We're servers. We're food crumb janitors. Like, let's not get it confused, everyone. (laughs) Just... I want all my friends to know that we're like in Napa. It's very like pertinent to be like, I'm a captain. It's like, no, we serve food. That's all we do. We just serve <laughs> the food and we sell the menu. That's just, it.
1: <laughs> just a fancier title. Okay.
0: No, very much. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, eh, whatever works. but Um, <laughs> Uh, but we were talking about holding holding trays, and I've, I'm sorry I keep going back to your uh, your weightlifting days. But did you have to ever carry one of those big ovals, big oval trays, uh, and where you had to put out um, the legs and you know serve that way?
0: No, at the fancy restaurant, I need to. Okay, people who are obviously this is possible. You can't see, dude. I'm going to do this right now. We had to carry this huge wooden tray that carried the dinabe breakfast that I was talking about with, like, the 30 intricate plates, and you'd have to hold it like this. And we were in suits, and we would carry it upstairs, like, whatever those British people are that march up and down with the stupid hats. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Royal and, Guard, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you were just, like, knocking, and they like, okay, we did, I'm not gonna say names, we just like, serve famous people and be like, hello? You requested, um breakfast at this time and we would knock for like 15 freaking minutes just like holding this tray shaking you try to put like your leg up but it's so heavy you would knock over the dinabe. so I didn't carry the circular place, but you know my delts were freaking jacked after that
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you had to carry the tray straight out your arms were basically straight out in front of you
0: the trays, for sure, I'm 4'10", but my wingspan is still pretty long. The tray would go out all the way where my arm is. And you would just hold it right in the middle. And you were like, lap, please work. <laughs> and shoulders work. Um, for And we, had, we only served five rooms. But five rooms for like 15 minutes, you were just like, I'm dying. I hate this. I want to quit. This is the worst. every
1: day (laughs) meanwhile somebody who makes way more money than i do or makes or has a famous celebrity of some kind is or potentially just somebody who has a lot of youtube views is just waiting for their breakfast and you have to stand there suffering holding this thing kicking the door down basically
0: yeah am i allowed to say that celebrities even at my work now we serve a lot of celebrities. Um, they're the worst tippers and that's why I believe the rich stay rich is because you know, people are terrible tippers.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've uh whenever I hear about a celebrity that's a good tipper, it typically makes the news or a Reddit or a top ten on <laughs> uh top, top ten on something. Because I've heard of um celebrities that uh like I well, it's well documented. Bill Murray I've heard he tips 100% of the ticket.
0: I've heard that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody knows (sighs) that. But I've heard about some bad tippers, bad tipping celebrities. And, um, you know, I'm going to play nice because I, I know a lot of celebrities have uh, been a server or a bartender one time in their lives and I'd love to have them on their show. So like, so I got to play nice, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it depends on, it depends on the so-called celebrity and, I'm not even sure what the term celebrity means anymore since people are just being famous for the sake of being famous. It's, you know, like, what do you do? <laughs> and, and
0: Oh, I know. Like influencer is a real thing, which I kind of feel like my sister is like an aspiring influencer. And I'm just like, how are you? I work so many hours. How are you making money by just, what are you influencing what are you doing for the world and like for the people which is fine whatever but in my opinion i don't know i will go broke tipping the industry Uh i'm such a big believer in like small business. Fuck. Yeah. Like support all my friends. And I'm just like, why am I tipping 45%? <laughs> it's, not, it's not like I'm balling. Like, you know, I can pay my mm. bills, but I'm just like, they know that you love them. If you just give them 20%. But in my opinion, I'm like, you know, I'm making up for all the people that are going to stiff you today. Mm. I don't know.
1: Well, uh, my, uh, my friend Shannon and my friend Barb, they, uh, we used to go to restaurants together, uh, all the time and we used to visit particularly the restaurants where the servers that would come into our bar would come and visit mm-hmm. us. So we'd like, uh, let's see, uh, these two people are working at red Robin tonight. Let's go visit them. And we go over to red Robin, have dinner, drinks, whatever we tip the shit out of them. And then they'd come over to bar- our bar, have drinks, shoot pool, whatever, Then they tip the shit out of us. So it never felt like tipping. It was more money exchanging hands. You know,
2: Exactly.
0: This
1: week it's your turn to hold the twenty dollar bill, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was like my twenty to your twenty. And then you're gonna give it back to me. (laughs) And it's almost like I was me and my friend exchanged numbers the other day because he was like, You order chicken wings more than anyone that I know. Just text me so I can have your chicken wings ready and then bring them to the industry bar that we all go to. So they're just readily hot. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love the industry. This is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I used to do it's that. So cool. I used to do that too. When, uh, some of the bars that, you know, like my bar was the latest bar open, but some of the bar bartenders and servers couldn't get the bar closed early enough so they could come over to the bar I by the time I stopped serving at 1.30, but I could have drinks out on the floor until two thirty. So you know, some people would try to double up. Give me two Coors Lights, or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but I would uh, tell these the servers if you think you're going to be late, call the uh, call the bar. Whether it's me, Barb, Brian, whoever, uh, just say who you are, where you work, and what your drink order is. We'll have it ready by the time you get here. And yeah, that, that happened constantly. We would do that for our uh, other restaurants in town.
0: Uh, I feel that so much. And we are not even, so we're a restaurant that has a bar and this is, sorry, this is more of a negative story. That's okay. But we, so like our ca- captain, uh, the host will stop seeing them at 8 PM. I mean, it's technically, it's not that late. But they'll keep serving the bar and they'll send everyone. They're like, go on in the bar. You're freaking fine until 930. And we're trying to shut down. Like just, we have so, as a bar, you already know. You have to clean so many things for like three hours. Mm -hmm. And people will come up and like order a three course meal and like want four drinks. And they're like, why couldn't you just, you know, have them seated?" And it's just like, we're not a late night bar. We want to go to the late night bar. Freaking <laughs> get them out of here. Send them over to the other bar where they just serve tapas. Why do you need a full Bavette steak right now at nine o'clock at night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kills me. And I try not to like complain because I'm like the young, more hip bartender. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to turn into a grumpy 45 year old man. I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um without uh naming names or any specific stories uh, uh what's your clientele like uh what are your regulars the uh, the people that you like or you know let's we don't need to talk about karens or anything like that but uh Oh absolutely. What's your clientele like or is is it more uh quiet dining or uh do you have do you have a TV in there playing uh the mm-hmm whatever sports game might be on playing or whatever. What are right. they
0: like? So we are, I'm going to sound bougie and I really don't want to sound like that because I feel like I'm just still a normal small town, small town kid. However, the restaurant that I work in, we have made it very apparent that we want to be the hub for anyone that comes to Napa Valley, like any Vineyards that they people come to, any restaurant that people come to. And whenever people ask, where should we go? We want to say, come to our restaurant. Like, no matter how much money you have or not money that you have, you can eat here. Um, and so the clientele that we get is, I would honestly say it was 50-50. It's half regulars where it's like people who own all these very, very beautiful upscale vineyards and people who just own like whatever regular wineries or breweries just super awesome companies but then also people who coming from Texas and just traveling through and passing by and you get to talk to a little bit of everyone where you kind of have to pretend like you know all this like whatever like bourgeois type of conversation where like hold yourself up you're like yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The other people who were like, I want a whiskey soda. Why are you charging me fucking $20 for it? Mm-hmm. And you just get to know everyone and you kind of learn how to converse with all of these very beautiful people. And it, I think it's more so because of our menu. So we've charged $170 for this insane cut of steak where we know the name of this cow and the very street (laughs) that it's on and the freaking farmer who our owner is best friends with down to a smash burger that everyone can afford and it can like warn a bib gourmand and you know like we try to keep the menu very diverse Mm -hmm. and I think that's what attracts a little bit of everyone that's what I like. I like to be able to to learn and continue to carry a conversation with a little bit of everyone. It kind of keeps you Mm well-rounded. I would, I would say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's one of the, uh, one of the things that I uh, was hoping to learn as a bartender is to be able to talk to most personalities and, but the one personality that I could never uh, get used to talk to is because I never pay attention to sports. I at all. And so I get these guys that want to talk about baseball, want to talk about basketball. I got nothing <laughs> and, what? Oh, okay, this
0: is, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off for one second <laughs> okay. And so <laughs> So when I got to my restaurant, because we are fancy, I'm not even gonna tell you the backstory to this. Uh, I would so when you would say you have to use the laboratory in fancy words, they said you say forty-two. I don't understand fucking why, but I thought it was funny. So I'd sprint up to all of these boys and I'd be like Jackie Robinson and sprint downstairs. <laughs> no one fucking caught that reference. They Nobody caught that stupid, reference. Fancy Honda cars, like they. I was just like all right, I I guess I just fucking, and they'd be like, where's Nick? Why'd she disappear? And I would run up and be like, I said Jackie Robinson. You don't get it? And it's just like my, one of the sous chefs would be like, all right, we're throwing in Omaha. We're going to put this ticket over here. And people would be like, what? And I would be like, he's he's like throwing in Audible. Like we got to switch it up a little bit. And then even the boys would be like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, never mind. He's like moving the ticket. He said it was going to be up first. And now it's up third. Like it's, it's just like having to explain sports is something that I very much love. I grew up an athlete. I get it. And then when it's. I don't know. We're in a fancier place where people like constantly see McLarens and Ferraris and I don't know, all these dumb cars that I don't know about. And so it's just like we get lost in translation. So I definitely get that.
1: Well, uh, people got after uh, a long time, people started to realize, okay, this guy's got nothing on sports, but uh, <laughs> I had, uh, but I knew who you were talking about when you said 40, uh, 42, I had two choices <laughs> in my head. Either Jackie Robinson's number or the answer to life and everything from the book Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And and so that that's where my mind went because I'm, uh, I'm a pop culture junkie. I listen to music. I uh, watch movies. I watch TV. I can talk about that stuff until I'm blue in the face. I mean, uh, I, my friend Shannon, she got a customer that said, you know that guy Anthony at the other bar? He doesn't talk much. And she's like, just ask him about the Beatles and he won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've I've warned many people that, you know, you ask me any question about the Beatles, be prepared for at least a half hour lecture. And so some people, you know, were like, okay, I get it. Never mind.
0: <laughs> I definitely get that. Team USA for softball. No one pays attention to softball, but I grew up a softball athlete for like, whatever, like, 15 years, and they were playing, and I was one of my favorite athletes. She was in the Olympics four times, and I, like, yanked my partner and whoever he was talking to and, like, all of our coworkers at this industry bar, and I was like, she's on TV. Look at her right now. And it was, like, one in the morning, and no one gave a shit whatsoever. (laughs) And I was just like, no one cares about this woman who's 38 playing in the Olympics just crushing it. (laughs) So, yeah. I relate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, I know the um uh some of the major uh, you know I know how to keep score in most of the sports. I know how they're played, but <laughs> player statistics, very uh the players other than the ones that don't uh that the ones that have a a lot of high sponsorships, or highly visible sponsorships. I know who they mm-hmm. are, but if you want to talk about statistics or strategies or plays or specific games in specific years no you you won't get that from me
0: (laughs) oh you're not into like specific cyber metrics of like the whatever yeah like a very specific team that no one cares about you will not not into that
1: you will not catch me ever (laughs) playing fantasy football ever
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i get that but it's like i think it's Not so much about the topic, but you kind of click on a topic that you can relate. So there's this person that comes into the bar. So fucking sweet, but he's rich as shit. I I don't want to freaking talk to you. Don't order two orders of caviar in front of me and then like a freaking like pappy of a make it into an old-fashioned which is fucking blasphemy I'm a purist don't do that in front of me that I have to make and cry about but one day he was talking about something and I was like look I don't I'm not digging this I don't so I try to change the conversation into his children and his beautiful life and he turned it around back on me and like what do you want to do and in my lifetime I was just like you know once I Stack up all these jolly dollar bills, which I honestly don't, don't know if that's gonna happen. I was mm. like, you know, I wanna run an orphanage and have this beautiful rescue farm, which we you know, I kinda have a tiny rescue farm with my best friend. Um, I was like, I wanna do this and we immediately connected. He was like, Oh, I have all these connections. Like, didn't you know my wife does X, Y, and Z with the government and he was like, you just let me know, like slid me his card. And immediately we were able to have a conversation for like 20 minutes. And finally I have that tool to say, how do I shift the conversation into something not so shallow, but also not something that separates us, but like, like find the middle and say, this is what we can talk about. And, and him and I will, or like them and I will agree on it. And, and talk about it for like 20 minutes and make his experience so wonderful. And it's a skill that I, I think you just have to learn by being in the industry.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's one of those things that I thought uh, I was talking about it with somebody else a while ago that uh, of developing a college course or a high school semester or something like that, where everybody has to work in the service industry and you can learn communication. You can learn, uh, 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 bookkeeping, you can learn all this stuff just from working in a restaurant for three to six months instead Mm -hmm. of being one of those people that's entitled and thinks uh, that they're, you know, how come it took you five minutes to bring me my cup of ranch, you know, (laughs) but... Oh, you you just got a migraine. It looks like over that, that, that phrase.
0: <laughs> no, but you know what it is? It's because I believe that every bad experience I have with the server is like retribution for me as a kid. Going, oh, Mountain Max is open for three more minutes. I'm gonna order a pizza, like, and just be terrible. And they deliver, and I, you know, I just tip them like two dollars. And I was worse, at 18. I was a freaking worse and so like at 12. I'd be like, can I branch? Can I have pepper? Can I have, like, not, just freaking ask at one time. And I thought it was cute. Like, I thought they wanted to talk to me. And they were like, are you fucking kidding me? And so now I know that it's karma every time someone does it to me. <laughs> so
2: it's like, fuck.
1: Yeah. Oh, kind of like my mom always warns me. It always comes back eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but you had to deal with uh, the whole COVID Uh, pandemic like everybody else did. Did, Were you unemployed for a little while?
0: I was, honestly, I was only unemployed from February to the middle of April, not even the middle of April, from February to March. We closed on St. Patty's Day, and then from December to uh, maybe uh, mid-January. Very, very fortunate being in Sonoma and Napa County because apparently no one believes in rules out here, (laughs) Seeing that it's, you know, whatever. We bring in revenue from tourists, whatever. Neither here nor there. Mm. Um, But we did to go. It was insane. It felt like it was a stacked breakfast, stacked dinner, like on a Saturday night, every day. Mm. Like people refute... I think it was like emotionally people refused to cook and they were just, and it wasn't like the support of the community. They were like, I'm not freaking cooking. I'm going to have my comfort food, which I understand because I did the same thing. I love McDonald's chicken. nuggets. are my favorite. I don't care. I don't care what caliber of place I work at. I love chicken nuggets. (laughs) Um, And so it's not like I was affected very much. Um, Emotionally I was affected. So once we opened to the public, We had a very we had skeleton crew, and so me and maybe four or five other servers were crushing it with like I don't know, ten to twelve tables at a time, and we weren't like a quick diner. We were just like we were still mid scale, sprinting around like yelling out three specials, and I had this have this denim apron for my old job and i would stick like a pellegrino and like an Aquapanna, and I would hold dishes and i'd be like here you go be right back here you go these are the specials and like drop everything off at one time and it was just like and then you serve like a table of 16 and all these people who came in for like l- like late anniversaries and like beautiful upscale people and it, it just starts to get to your head and you're like but COVID affected me. And you don't know that until COVID's over, Mm. which it's still not technically. Technically
1: no. Yeah. Uh, But uh, it was hard on a lot of people. Uh, And I, Mm -hmm. every day I heard the word non-essential when it came to restaurant industry, it made my skin crawl uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you referred to the service industry or the job as one lawyer decided to send me an email about it's not the people that were, uh, uh, that were, what's the word I just used? Uh, uh, it's not the people that were not important. It was the job itself. Well, the, the restaurants were still open and they were doing drive, Mm -hmm. uh, to go service and stuff like that. But a lot of people were unemployed and just sitting at home. And when you're referred to as, uh, some people, I don't, I really don't blame for not coming back to their restaurant or whatever, because when you're referred to as uh non-essential that, that hits your self-esteem a little bit, I'm sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, so, some people yeah. are trying to justify that by saying, uh, by saying, well, that gave me the opportunity to, to go out and look for a different job or, um like, well, I'm not a big believer in uh, job security ever. Uh, you know, sure. uh, I don't, you know, the, some bosses will help, help fight for you. Some bosses won't. Uh, they'll, you know, you say you said some, something sarcastic to a customer one day, and then you, sometimes you have, it's a roll of the dice, whether or not the, uh, your boss is going to side with you, or if the boss is going to say, okay, you need to be nice to them. And, uh, so you're. Self worth, you know, especially during COVID being referred to as non essential, that had to hurt a lot of people.
0: Oh, definitely. I would say that COVID almost equated to the fires, where I mean, we weren't evacuating during COVID, but we were still wearing our masks, screaming at people. And during the fires, me and my best friend had to evacuate all of our wonderful animals who. To- they're pet animals. They're just like, why are you like my goat and sheep who we walk on leashes? We're like, why are you taking us away? Why are you putting us in this weird farm? We don't know all of these other pets. Like it, it, it like hurts us. And then we were going back to our job, putting masks on. And even through the mask, we were at the end of the night, we were like blowing black ash Mm -hmm. out of our nose and say, and people were just like, Like, why are you crying about it? You don't have to work there. Like, it doesn't, like, you don't really fucking matter. You are replaceable. And that was really hard to say when you're just like, I ride or die for this company. Mm -hmm. Why are you saying that I'm non-essential? I'm giving you food that makes you so happy. I want this to be my career. Don't call me non-essential. Like, we feed people. Mm -hmm. And my old boss had this beautiful nonprofit and to be like, I'm non-essential. I I like want to work for you know this beautiful company that does, does all these these great things and you no know, that was that was really hard. Yeah. So and it it definitely affects your self-esteem. Like and this is going to sound weird, but even being a woman and I don't like to do like gender, but it hurts you like constantly feeling like you know I'm in a male run industry and to be like, you know, you're already below these men. And then to be like, you, you don't, you don't matter. Like mm. it, it hurts a lot. Yeah. So it was a, yeah. Last year was a really hard year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much for everybody. And, uh, uh, to sit back and, uh, see restaurants close, um, uh, mostly the mom and pop owned restaurants to see them, Completely closed mm-hmm. because they just couldn't keep up the revenue. It uh, it was heartbreaking to see them. You know, they probably saved up their money for years, their retirement money, just mm-hmm. to get that one location, and now they're closed because they can't afford the employees because they're not turning out enough profit or anything like that. And <clears throat> that was hard to watch. But
0: yeah, definitely like watching all the restaurants because we're technically, I guess, a pop business because it was one person that owned it to be like, we're so lucky because we're on a, we're on the downtown square, but to see everyone else around fall, you're like, are we not? Mm-hmm. Or are we so fortunate to keep crushing it because everyone else around us is falling? Mm-hmm. That was hard.
1: Now uh, this is going to be a pressure switch. Uh, it always is. It is for me. It, it will. It's for every server, bartender on the planet. Uh, uh, how hard do you have to control yourself when you, somebody says something to the effect of, why don't you get a real job?
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, because it didn't come from regular people. It came from my parents uh, to be completely, this is going to sound so terrible. I am just Okay, I have a degree in pre-med. I opted out of a doctorate because I was already in the industry. Mm. Addicted to the adrenaline. Addicted to getting cash every night. Going, yes. oh, I'm, a, I'm a baller. No, you're not a baller. You're just not getting it on a paycheck. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, this happened very recently. So this started when I was 20, 21, and I'm now whatever how late 20s my parents came into the restaurant I never tell them where I work I hide like I just like a little sneaky minx um and I finally was like whatever fucking come into the restaurant this is going to be great I'm going to make you eat my shorts I wine and dine them it was awesome and then but it was outside. I wasn't bart like I wasn't bartending outside. I was bartending inside. So I was like, "Get out of here!" And they decided to freaking bring themselves inside. I was like, "No one welcomed you here. You're supposed to sit outside." <laughs> <laughs> like, Tar-tar-tar! no one said he could move. And uh, I was doing what normal bartenders do: freaking shaking and mixing at the same time. This is what we- that's what we do. And I was, you know, chatting up with the customer, like talking to my other bartender that's just it and all of a sudden I look at my I see a light and I turn and my dad is recording me flashing and our bar is pretty high my I'm 410 but my bar is still like almost at my chest so you have to like jump up to hit no matter what shelf, like bottom and top and he's talking I can hear him talking about himself. stuff it's like she's still got her athletic she's jumping to the top like <laughs> like, just, like a fucking mlb like as a he's joke buck honestly and he's like i like jump down with a bottle and i'm like pouring it and my mother's looking at me and my grandparents are there and i look at him and i'm like damn' you're fucking embarrassing me <laughs> but i don't it doesn't register in my head that finally they see what i do as being a career and I am so, so, so fortunate that I started in, like, a farm-to-table California rustic restaurant and then moved up from there. And that's I need to make it very clear that it's not a bash on anyone who starts somewhere at, like, I don't know, like at a diner or a cafe, like that has nothing to do with it. But I was very fortunate to kind of like just to learn the way that those kinds of menus work. And my dad finally texted me and was just like, I'm so proud of you. I finally see, you know, that this can be something that you pursue your whole life. We know that you wanted to do wine and you worked in like the beer industry. And, you know, now you want to bartend it was it was so big it made such a big impact on the way that I feel about how I do things and it felt really good it was again it's the same way that my cocktail went on the menu it was another confirmation that I'm meant to do this I want to do this I'm gonna freaking steal that the freaking bar program from my manager once he leaves because I know he's leaving (laughs) (laughs) And so you have to just, you have to have conviction. You have to say, fuck what people say. Like, I don't want a nine to five job. I get to wear like a very cute freaking outfit. I get to work weird vampire hours. Like you have to just not give a fuck about what people think. Mm. And all of that goes away because you say, I love this job. I love the adrenaline.
1: That's uh very profound. Uh, that, uh, that was well put. And, uh, yeah, I got nothing to add to that. I mean, you get, uh, you finally get your parents approval to the point where they're video, uh, making a video of you with play by play. That's, that's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Well, anyway, time to wrap up the show. Um, uh, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time out to be on, be on Hey Bartender podcast. It's uh, an honor to meet you. It's great to meet you. Um, if you if you want, uh, is there anything you want to plug right now um, that you got going on?
0: Um, I suppose I don't want anyone else to know, like my TikTok or anything. But my Instagram is Thicknick. Nick. It's P-H-I-I-C-K-N-I-K-K. I'm more so talk about. I didn't even talk about this at the beginning of the podcast, but I uh, deal with bipolar one and how it affects me in the industry and my eccentricity. And so I'm very vulnerable on it. And I think it's very uplifting and makes me feel less alone um, in terms of not even people in the industry, just everyone in general. So I'm going to plug that. Uh, If I bash this, I'm so sorry, dude, but, I don't know it was so fun talking to you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah it uh it was great. So um so, yeah, you mentioned something about that earlier. You want, uh you uh wanted to start an, uh orphanage or you work uh you're, or what was I can edit this to make sense. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> but what was what was it you, that you wanted to talk about bipolar, bipolar disorder or
0: Um n- not so much. I don't think that I wanted to talk about it, but I think it's, I think it's important to know that, like, if you work in work in an industry, kind of, there's a type of, not darkness, but there's a type of personality that you have to have to stay strong and stay in the industry and not just say, like, you know, I was in it for a year or two and you have to have thick skin, but also this weird darkness that says, you know, constantly getting attacked, I constantly have to be this type of person, and I think with having a personality disorder it's easy for me to kind of turn on and be like, I'm fucking ready to crush this. And other days you're like, I really don't want to crush this. I'm going to still turn it the fuck on. And so there's days when you're like, this is who I am. And there's other days when you're like, this actually wasn't me. And I'm still going to be the other me that I can be. Um, We don't have to talk about that on the podcast, but if you don't want to, but I think it's really important to know that, you know, there's other people that struggle with, there's a lot of people that struggle with bipolar and it doesn't have to be as extreme as mine, but you know, it's something to be said and to say that, you know, you're not alone. There's so many people that struggle with it and, you know, stay strong. You can still crush this industry.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to leave that the way it is. That I like uh, liked the way that sounded. Thank you so much for that. Um. So, yeah, Nick, thank you so much for being on Hey Bartender Podcast. You are welcome uh, back on the show anytime you want, uh, if you've got a new story or whatever, or just shoot the breeze, because uh, you're a lot of fun to talk to.
0: Dude, you were so awesome. I was so afraid. I was talking to my partner, like, for the last couple of days and I was like I'm gonna fail it I'm so afraid and that he was just like you're just talking to a person and so yeah thank it's, you for dealing with my awkwardness
1: it's it's not like uh, this is the Conan O'Brien show where you got an audience it's, it's just you and me so, <laughs> uh, so.
0: singing a love ballad what do you mean
1: <laughs> I'm about to go <laughs> but thank you so much
0: thank you love I hope to talk to you soon okay
1: all right, people. It is last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up and get your drink. Uh, you might want to limit yourself because I've kind of been lazy about getting the uh, dirty dishes and doing the dishes. So, kind of limit yourself. Wasn't she a great guest? I mean, seriously, that story where she was talking about her parents coming into the restaurant. I loved. I loved that. This. I've been nailing it with getting into the, uh, these awesome guests for this podcast. Hey, if you want to be an awesome guest on the podcast, all you have to do is email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you don't want to be on the show and just want to share a story that I can share on uh, the podcast, feel free to do that. If you just want to share a drink special that you want to share to the masses, I can do that for you too. Either email me uh, at my email address, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, both are Hey Bartender podcast, and you can DM me your information there. I love bringing on guests on this show. Uh, all, all all of us bartenders, servers uh, that go way back, uh, uh, have these awesome stories, and you know to hear people uh, talk about how it helped them out in life, or how it you know it it made a difference on what they what they became. Or what they are today. I love these stories. It's just fucking awesome, isn't it? Also, people, remember to visit www.HeyBartenderPodcast.com where you can pick up some Hey Bartender Pat Podcast swag. Buy a t-shirt, support a podcast. That's uh, what I'm telling you guys. Um, and you can also listen to past episodes, current episodes. Uh, you know, just go over there and check it out. See, what, uh, see if there's something you like. Hey, also remember... Go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a review. Give me a star rating. Five stars would be awesome give me a uh, give me a review and at the end of August, I will be choosing one person out of all of those people, no matter what they what they said about me. I will be choosing one person and giving them a free hey bartender podcast t-shirt. So leave a review for for me on Apple Podcasts. Review Hey Bartender Podcast, and you could win a free Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt. Ah, might, maybe more. depends on uh, what my budget is that month. usually isn't great. But thank you for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. It, you guys are completely awesome for helping support me in building up my listener base. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell anybody who's ever worked in the service industry, or if you're uh, listening to this podcast while you're sitting in a restaurant, Tell your server about it. Why not? I mean, it's it, don't think of that as in lieu of a tip, because, yeah, that would be just rude. However, people, as usual, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I think I need drink. What do you mean it's go? I
2: just got hit!